This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday. We are pushing on through. Not a whole lot of racing in our area last week, but we did get some things in. And uh, we have two great interviews lined up for you coming up later on. Stay tuned for those. But first, let's see what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Cup Series had to race on a Monday. Did you call in sick today? Did you listen to it on the radio? Or are you counting on us to tell you what happened? Chase Elliott picked up the win to conclude today's events at Dover International Speedway. Of course, Mother Nature came in after they got the green flag in the air yesterday. So that one put on hold until today. And then how about in the Xfinity Series, Josh Berry? Picks up another win, and I don't know why, but every time I see him in victory lane, I get a little excited that the uh, short track kid, uh, the guy that spent so many years behind the wheel of a Dale Jr. uh, late model stock, now winning in the Xfinity Series, and it's actually sparking some conversation about can we get people that just have talent back into NASCAR, that it's not about the money. People are actually talking about it now with Josh Berry. Elsewhere, shout out to Katie Ettinger. Remember the young lady? from Dryden, Michigan. Yeah, she picked up a late model stock win at Hickory Motor Speedway Saturday in the first of two twin 40s race two. She got caught up in someone else's mess and pitted, restarted 12th, brought home a top five finish nonetheless. Nice job for Katie Hettinger. Elsewhere, how about Justin Grant? He was forced to endure a wait of four years to receive an opportunity to defend his uh, summer classic victory from 2018. Four years later, in the event on Sunday night, Grant returned to his throne to become the first driver ever to reign victorious in consecutive runnings at the event at Terre Haute Action Track. He was the winner after 100 laps of USAC Silver Crown action on Sunday. Elsewhere, Cap Henry and Lane Racing went to victory lane at Sharon Speedway's annual Buckeye Cup, scoring their first All-Star Circuit of Champions presented by Mobile One Victory of the Season in a great battle that uh, was ensued with Brent Marks. Henry, who led the final halfway, uh, the final half straightaway of the 30-lap Buckeye Cup program, made the winning move when Marks attempted to clear a bundle of slower traffic in the final corner, opening the door for Henry to squeeze through on the bottom and out-sprint Marks to the line. And finally, big news today from Formula One. Volkswagen's premium brands Audi and Porsche will join Formula One after they convince the German automaking group that the move will bring in more money than it will cost. Uh, discussions by the board of directors about the two brands' plans had created some divisions, but uh, ultimately the brands will uh, make a case and pull in more money, and uh, so they'll be joining Formula One here very soon. So there you go. That's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. How are you, Zach? Uh, 
you had some you got to have some fun and and i'm just thinking ahead of time um unless mother nature wants to continue involving her in our racing um this should be the last weekend that um i will have off for the next five months oh boy guessing oh boy (laughs) Yeah, I know. But she can't stay out of our business, can she? She really. is really being nosy this year, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, how about yours? You had fun down at Wayne County Speedway, didn't you? It was you? a lot of fun to get back to work with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Uh, you know, we had that event at Crystal. Didn't get to announce that one for uh, reasons. But back behind the microphone with GLSS on Saturday from Wayne County. We'll talk about that more coming up. It was a great weekend. Yeah. Well, Zach, uh, also uh, what's going on in some pavement late uh, late model racing if not for a caution with 17 laps to go, Jake Garcia could have very well lapped well into the top five on Saturday night in the Spring Fling 100 at Montgomery Motor Speedway. Instead, the driver of the number 35 machine nailed the final restart and drove away to an over one-second victory over Giovanni Ruggiero in the second Show Me the Money Pro Late Model Series race of the season. To say that no one had anything for Garcia uh, and crew chief Ricky Turner and company would be an understatement. Even, the, even with the caution... The free pass, only seven of the 20 starters finished on the lead lap. Zach Garcia was relentless in lapping the field, leading every lap, and was figuratively, as we say, on rails. Casey Roderick, Brittany Zamora, and Christopher Tullis uh, would complete the top five. The win was the first of the season for Garcia, who hopes to follow suit next weekend when the Southern Super Series joins the ARCA Racing Series and the Pro Late Models at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Yeah, we're looking forward to that one, too. That's going to be a great event down in Nashville coming up this weekend. Back up here, 50 laps the distance for the NorthSideTowing.net Big 8 Outlaw Super Late Model Challenge at Corrigan Oil Speedway. That kicked off the 2022 season for them. 15 cars on the property. 14 took the green flag. Blake Childers and Phil Bozell led the field. A racy track led to an exciting event. Multiple cars moving several positions through the field. And speaking of, Kyle Drake, the big hard charger, gaining nine spots, coming from 14th to finish fifth. 14 cars took the green flag. So that's last to fifth. Nice job by Kyle Drake. Uh, The big winner, old 12-time got her done. Andy Bozell goes to victory lane, coming from the seventh starting spot. He held off Justin uh, Claudery, who came from sixth. Blake Childers slid back to third. Justin Felver finished in fourth. A little further to the west, Kalamazoo Speedway hosted their own Outlaw Super Late Model race with the uh, Tyler Roerig, wait a minute, the uh, Rocket Chess, mm, oh yeah, the Intimidator 100. (laughs) They haven't renamed that event yet, have they? (laughs) The night was dominated by Roerig, who started off by qualifying over a tenth of a second faster than the rest of the field, turning in a 12.229 second lap. Thanks to the invert, he rolled off from the ninth starting spot, but it wasn't long before he put his 24 machine to the front of the field. Rorig went on to collect the win ahead of Mark Shook, Adam Terry, Corey Ryman, and Jeff Gannis. Well, Zach, we're going to hit a little bit of dirt. Uh, Jonathan Davenport proved that not even Kyle Larson would be his kryptonite at Bristol Motor Speedway. Superman rose to the occasion in Friday's World of Outlaws case construction equipment late models feature at the Bristol Bash as he thundered past Ricky Weiss, with four laps to go. Uh, the Blairsville, Georgia driver was far from being in the clear, though. Larson, uh, who was forced to start at the re- rear of the field after being late to the starting grid, blasted around the top of Bristol's iconic high banks from 24th to 2nd in 27 laps, Zach, uh, raising the crowd to its collective feet as he set his sights on Davenport. The defending NASCAR champion, 
continued to hammer the top uh, with only one more car to pass and a lap to go. He swung his number six machine to the outside of turn one, but slipped up the banking and his right rear let go. He contacted the wall, ending his chances for victory. Davenport then cruised from turn two to the checkered flag, scoring the $25,000 prize and his third straight triumph when racing with the World of Outlaws case late models. Uh, the Georgia driver scored his third win in the past seven days and the 11th World of Outlaws win of his career. Ricky Weiss and Kyle Bronson would complete the podium. And then it was on to the finale on Saturday, Zach. Uh, and Weiss had a great opportunity from the pole in the 30-lap feature event, but Weiss would have to go to work after getting passed by Chris Madden, who picked up a victory the last time the late models were at Bristol a few weeks ago. But Weiss wouldn't let the leader get away, roared past Madden en route to his first ever victory at Bristol. The $25,000 win at Bristol is Weiss's third career World of Outlaws win and his first since 2020. Uh, Davenport would get by Madden in the final laps for the runner-up spot with Madden settling for third. Uh, up next, Zach, for the World of Outlaws case of construction equipment late models, this weekend, May 5th through 7th, at the second annual Dairyland Showdown, at the Mississippi Thunder Speedway in Fountain City, Wisconsin. I do want to ask you, uh, because this kind of was a discussion point over the weekend, with Kyle Larson, did you see his interview after that late model race? Uh, I did not see his interview, but I heard he was highly upset with the decision to put him to the tail. So his argument, simply put, was he's the only guy there running double duty, trying to put on a show for the fans, and uh, he said, I can't directly quote it, but I can paraphrase, we got a lot of crap to do. And um, so I just wanted to get your take on World of Outlaws officials penalizing him for being late to the starting lineup, even though he was the only driver running double duty during a show that only had two divisions. Well, I think, Zach, if you are going to run in a series or a tour, that you need to follow their rules. If you are going to have a problem with time, then um, you need to make sure that you account for that in my opinion. I don't think anybody should get preferential treatment. Obviously, Kyle Larson can make a show, but what happens if Davenport does it? What happens if, uh, you know, anybody else there, Chris Madden does it? Does he get the same deal? So I'm, I'm guessing not, okay? So uh, if that's what the rules are and you have to be staged by a certain time, I think you need to do that. Wow. All right. I think I would have gave the guy a little grace. <laughs> uh, I would have given anybody grace, uh, you know, because you think about a, a normal short track show, Rich. Uh, we saw this at Wayne County over the weekend. We're going to talk about it coming up. Um, two divisions of sprint cars. The the racetrack was able, though, to put uh, some some house divisions in between those two divisions of sprint cars for the guys who were pulling double duty. When it's not an option for the World of Outlaws, which, by the way, they sanctioned both divisions that were racing there, uh, why can't you – why can't you give the guy an extra five minutes or two minutes or, or you know, some minuscule amount of time to change over to the other vehicle and get it in line? Well, they can if they if they realize that and they realize they need to do that. I mean, you have to make it, I mean, realistic. I'm sure that they weren't gritted immediately while Larson was out there running. I'm, I'm sure he had a period that he had to be ready to go, and he wasn't. I'm, I doubt they made that made that excuse up. So there, I think there has to be more to the story, Zach, that maybe we don't quite know. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, let's talk about Great Lakes Super Sprint Series action, as we mentioned, down at Wayne County, Ohio, on Saturday. 
the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Presented by Engine Pro and ARP, almost one year to the day that Mother Nature rained on our parade, they returned. Nearly 20 drivers made the hike to the 3 8 mile paperclip. TI-22 performance kicked things off. Brad Lamberson nearly got quick time. That was until Danny Sams III rolled to the speedway for the final qualifier. He laid down a blistering lap of 15.883 seconds, edging out Lamberson by just .033. Top four drivers, interestingly enough, Sams, Lamberson, Tyler Rankin, and Max Stambaugh separated by less than a tenth of a second in qualifying, and uh, that would set up the way the race would go as well. Field set for 25 laps via heat races and a six-car redraw. Rankin and Lamberson led the field to green, but it was all Sams by the exit of turn two. This cat went inside out getting into turn number one, came from third, went to the top of the racetrack in turns one and two, and blew the side panels off of Rankin and Lamberson down the back straightaway, and it was Sams who led when they came back around, getting a great start. He jumped out and took the lead and took control, was on cruise control until lap 14. Rankin, who had fallen back to fifth early in the race, had tracked back down Lamberson for second as the field came to the halfway mark. The Coldwater Michigan driver was following closely in the tracks of Lamberson entering turn one when mayhem struck. The right rear tire of Lamberson's car seemingly blew apart, sending him up softly into the turn one wall, collecting Rankin in the process, and then Caleb Harmon came in late and uh, jumped over the right rear of Rankin's car. That drew the caution flag for the first and only time of the night for the three-car incident. On the restart, Sam's picked up where he left off, back out to a sizable lead over Greg Dahlman and Max Stambaugh, that changed with a couple of laps when Stambaugh found a line on the outside of the racetrack and was moving. Stambaugh got around Dahlman and hook, line, and sinker set it on Sams, getting within two car lengths at one point during the final run. Stambaugh's efforts weren't enough, though. Sams continued on for the win, his first since the 2021 season finale. Sam's night was perfect, by the way. Fast qualifier award led every lap of his heat race and every lap of the main event. And, oh, by the way, he went on to win the 410 Sprint Car feature later that evening as well. That was a fun show to watch. Danny Sams absolutely dominate. Well, Zach, it's time for our first guest of the evening, and you got to watch this gentleman with the Great Lakes Super Sprints on Saturday night. And what a show he put on. And not with GLSS. Tell us who we're talking to. Well, I'm telling you what, man. Uh, Danny Sams Third, he put on an absolute clinic Saturday night. I, I don't know. When you stop and look at it, I don't know that I've ever seen a more dominating performance at one racetrack in one night. Uh, the Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams Third, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Uh, thank you. It's good to be here. Man, I guess let's just break it down. As far as the GLSS side of things is concerned, uh, I kind of had this revelation standing in victory lane with you. You led every competitive lap on the racing surface Saturday night at Wayne County Speedway for Great Lakes Super Sprints from the uh, qualifying, TI-22 performance qualifying, through the final lap of the feature your 24D was out front. Have you ever had a dominating performance such as that? No, no way. I, I didn't even realize that until you said it in victory lane. I was, it really hit me there. I was like, yeah, I guess he is right. We let every lap, and uh, that's just a statement for us and, and how good, how far we've came. Talk about that racetrack. Uh, so for those who don't know, Wayne County Speedway, a well-hidden racetrack in the middle of Ohio. I mean, my Lord, it takes a, it takes a drive to get there. Um, but – Cool little kind of paperclip-shaped, three-eighths-mile dirt track. Now they run 410 sprints on a regular basis, um, and then they brought in GLSS for the 360 side. Had you ever seen that racetrack uh, as far as turning laps on it before? 
Uh, no, last time we were there, we got there and made it to the parking lot, and it rained out. We had to drive four hours back, but no, that was my first lap around the track, and uh, we're super happy with how it goes. It's a it's a neat neat place. It's like you're driving into a like a an abyss into the first corner. You know, and there it's just a wall. You know, it's a it's a pretty tight entry and. It suited my driving style pretty well. So it looked like uh, that there was you and there was about three other guys in the Great Lakes Super Sprint Series field who brought four tens. Uh, not a surprise that you you four, and then Brad Lamberson picked up on it really quick, you four were the class of the field. How important was it to you to get that extra seat time? Uh, it actually helps a lot. You know, we're definitely still learning the four ten. We're really new to that. And uh, to go out there first in that car – Actually, it benefited me quite a bit. I was able to see, you know, where the line was. And I don't know the, the true limits of the 410 yet, and I'm still learning it. I know the limits of the 360, and I knew I was going to have to be quick to, to set a good last time going out last. And, uh, you know, being in the 410 helped me a lot. I was able to tune on the 360 some more and uh, get it to where we wanted it for the qualifying session. I got to ask you about the 410, why, why, why you brought the subject up. It didn't go real well for you at Attica your first time in it. What a turnaround. What a turnaround. You had to fight to make the show at Attica. This time, not even close. Yeah, um, we're definitely just trying to get some experience. You know, we had no no expectations going into Attica. The, uh, two weeks ago, we, uh, it was my first time in a 410, and I struggled in qualifying. I was driving too hard over my head, and uh, I went out for my heat race. And I qualified dead last, and I went out for my heat race, and I was able to, you know, turn it around and pass three or four cars. And I started pulling my B main, fell to second, but made the transfer. And uh, we ended up having a motor problem that night, but we drove up to 13th. And that was like a big turnaround. Uh, and then we went to Attica Friday night. That was only my second time in a 410 before Wayne County. And we made the feature a little bit easier. And I drove to 11th that time. And, you know, we, we definitely build every time we get out there. It's just me learning, learning the feel. So for our third start to be able to run up front like that, was definitely not where I had a schedule on that. We were very excited to see that. Now, when Zach and I talked to you at Crystal, you said, say I'm from Florida, say I'm from Florida. You don't run back and forth to Florida every couple of weeks or every week to go run this series, do you? You stay a little further north for the summer? No, I'm back and forth every – I got a full-time job down here, and uh, I work hard to, you know, to make, be able to make it up there, and I go up there early or, or leave late every weekend and get the cars worked on and done. and. And I'm very fortunate for what I what I'm able to do, and yeah, I go back and back and forth every every day, or every weekend, and uh, like we have the whole month of May booked out for flights on races we're racing, and uh, it's easier that way. Talk about the equipment that you're in, uh, brand new this year, look nonetheless, uh, and and this is a little hazy. I talked to you about this at Crystal, and I'm still not sure I know 100. percent Is it still? You, the family equipment just with new sponsorship is it shannon's equipment that you're driving with your number what's going on right now with that home pro roofing situation it's uh it's rocky anderson's uh randerson racing the car i was in last year it's the it's the same it's bad equipment and uh uh shannon from home pro roofing came on board with randerson racing this year and uh you know to help us out and give us some more boost and uh you know, try to help us get up front more. Now talk about how that, that works for you as far as uh, with the Randerson racing side of things. So you're down in Florida, you know, you're going to race on a Friday night. Do you get in Friday morning or do you try to get in Thursday to be able to help load the cars and work on the cars? Or are you, uh, are you living every race car driver's dream and you show up with a gear bag and go racing? 
that definitely not the race the racer's dream by any means yet um it's still just a family deal uh rocky just helps us with getting the cars and stuff but it's still just me my dad mom and we're the ones that you know put in all those extra hours to get that car ready when we leave late sunday night we try to have them as far done as possible we get there thursday thursday afternoon finish finish whatever we have to finish up new parts this or that and we'll have them loaded and ready to go friday for friday morning leaving to wherever track we're heading that weekend Danny, I have to ask you, obviously everybody in this area knows the competition that's in the Great Lakes Super Sprints, right? Is there not, do you come this far because there isn't a big sprint car presence uh, in the South? I'm not even familiar with it. You'll have to tell me. Uh, there's not in Florida. The only sprint car, pre- like real sprint car presence there be is during the, is during the winter, winter nationals, all the, all the guys come down. They have a limited 360 deal down here. But you know, to, we're trying to run, you know, bigger, better. Try to got to get try to get some more exposure, and so we've been staying up there. It's pretty economical with the flights. We fly Legion every weekend, and and uh, it just makes it it just kind of actually works all out. It doesn't sound like it would, but it makes perfect sense. Now you've been doing this for uh, man, I I, I want to say a couple of years, but I think it's been uh, what has it been about four or five years you've been doing this. Uh. Uh, yeah, I ran a uh, Great Lakes Super Sprints three three years ago. Then we took a year and went to AFDS with some other deals, and uh, we came back last year. And uh, that was when we like really started hitting it hard and heavy, and you know trying to get as good as we possibly could. And and then this year is like my third year, with officially with um, GLSS. So to kind of piggyback on Rich's question, you, you come all the way to Michigan. Um, obviously you're flying over a state that's well known for sprint car racing. What led you up here, uh, those couple few years ago? Uh, we, uh, we were with Connor Morell a long time ago. He was, he's my old teammate and me and him are so good friends and we were, we were ready to move up and he was ready to move the three sixties and, uh, we're like, we're just looking at our best options. We were able to get a shop in Elkhart, Indiana. And, uh, that's how we met Rocky in the long run of things. So we got a shop there and, uh, we're looking at what racing's up here. And we saw that, you know, GLSS was, it was their second year. And, uh, we looked at their schedule. We called, talked and seen what was most economical in, in the long run of things, you know, family and stuff and just trying to keep it as cheap as possible. And, it kind of worked out in our favor pretty good. And we, you know, we got to meet a lot of good people and race with good guys. We love the racing and it just all worked out. And that's just how we ended up where we are now. Talk to me about how important it was to get off to a hot start in 2022. Um, second race in and you dominate it. That's got to be a, a, you know, pretty good for you and your race team moving forward through the rest of the season. For sure. We actually, we ran Attica the first weekend um, in the 360 and 410 and, you know, we were running third and we were definitely racing for the win there and it, we got, we got in a scruff up, but you know, no fault of nobody. It's just part of hard racing and that left us with a kind of a good taste in our mouths. We were like, well, we're kind of picking up where we left off. Then we went to Crystal and we did struggle a little bit, ran seventh, nothing special, not, not, not where we wanted to be technically. And, uh, Everyone wasn't down about it, but we knew we wanted to be better and uh, come out the next weekend and do what we did was just tremendous. We're very happy with where we are now. 
I want to go back to the race on Saturday. So uh, you go out there, you lead 25 laps with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Now, this is the fun part. I talked about the the 410 drivers were kind of the class of the 360 field. You had a nice, sizable lead. Brad Lamberson running second. Tyler Rankin tracking him down. Lamberson has a right rear tire come apart, collects Rankin in the process. Now you got Greg Dahlman and Max Stambaugh behind you. Stambaugh's running the same line as you. Do you know that he's tracking you down in the closing laps? Uh, yeah, for sure. I got behind that lap car and, um, I knew I needed to, I just needed to take it easy and, uh, know where he was going to go. So I knew where to make my move and, uh, I can, I can hear, you know, I could see him when I was coming into corners and then I could, I couldn't see him. So I know he's getting closer. He's getting closer behind me. And, and I finally was able, got a good opening on the final lap and, and drove around the lap car and we pulled in a, another nice little gap towards like on the last lap and, yeah, it was just me more on cruise control, trying to keep the car from not, you know, not wrecking the car when you have that type of lead. And and I was getting signals from my dad on where we, on how good we are and how far out I needed to go. And you know, trying to pay attention and save the car. There's no need to put it in the wall when you're in the lead. That's that was my theory at least. And uh, yeah, I knew I knew it was going to get close. I, I saw that the guy gave me the five to go, and I started paying more attention on where second place was. So I knew how hard I needed to run. Now let's talk about the 25 laps that followed that. You get uh, w- one feature in between the two, and uh, then you climb in the 410 car. Take me through that event because I was like many, uh, you know, helping tear down or, or already on the road or headed out as that race was was underway. Um, tell me how that 25 laps unfolded for you. Uh, well, well, once we got out of the 360, you know, everyone was like, that was, that was our goal for the night to win the 360s. We didn't have any expectation of the 410. And I knew I was starting pole. I didn't know how good of a start I was going to get. You know, I still, I still don't know all the limits of the 410 and I'm learning them. Me and my dad are learning them how to set them up and everything. And we had no expectations. My dad, you know, he's telling me that we have already had a great night. Let's just bring this car home and learn as much as we can. You know what I mean? And, uh, I got a good start into one and I slid, slid the guy that started on the outside of me. And, and then I, I, I started, I started going pretty good and I was pretty comfortable with the, the power and, and everything. And, uh, we had a caution come out. My dad was letting me know I had plenty good of a gap. And, and I was thinking, you know, I was wondering when I was going to get past. I was, uh, I didn't know I had a ha- like a whole straightaway advantage over the second place. And, and I was just going for it that whole race. And it ended up, we had two cautions or three or something like that. And I was able to hold everyone off and, and keep the car up front. And after that checker five came out, I was just in astonishment. I was like, did I win? Or someone passed me when I was paying attention. <laughs> I was, I, w- I was kind of starstruck. I was no way we just did this. It was, it was amazing. Now this is a first career 410 win for you. Yeah. It's my, yeah. And my third start. Wow. Well, my third start in a 410. How, how proud do you, I mean, what's, what's the pride like for you right now? I mean, to just look at that accomplishment, um, you know, on the road. I mean, obviously everything for you guys is on the road, but to be on the road the way you were over there at a track you'd never seen before, and uh, then you go out there and show them where it's at. Oh, we're really proud, and uh, we stay humble, that's for sure. As we, uh, you know, it hasn't hit me all the way. Like, I was walking in the rest area at 3 in the morning, you know, going to find some chips to eat because we were so hungry trying to get home, and it kind of hit me like I'm a 410 winner and I didn't expect to be able to say that this year, you know, this year was supposed to be all about learning in that car. And I was, I was just kind of, it starstruck me again. I was like, wow, this is truly amazing. And, uh, can't believe that, you know, we were able to pull that off. It was something else. Danny, what was it about the Wayne County speedway that was to your liking? Because I'm sure, um, if you 
talked to me before the race, you wouldn't have expected what to what happened, what ha- what did happen. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, I, I think it, it suited my driving style, and uh, it was up top. It was pretty close to the wall out of two, and, you know, you kind of had to you had to send it into it to, to be able to be fast. And and uh, just was – I was comfortable right away when I got there. It just it, it suited me, and I knew that you had to drive it hard, but, you know, you had to teeter on the edge. And, you know, every driver is trying to find that fine line, but every time – every once in a while we all step over it. And that, I was able to find that fine line and keep it there all night. So we all, any everybody up here who uh, wants to know where you're going to be next with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, they can get the, you know, they can get that schedule up here. But what about your 410 racing? What are you, what are you looking at over the next month or so with that? We're doing as much double duty as possible. Um, it's a, it's something else. You know, we've already got six races in this this year, and we've only ran, ran two weekends, and you know, it helps us sharpen our pencil a little bit more and get, get us going as much possible. So every time we can run the 410 with the 360, we're going to do that. But we're going to see how we end up at 360 points after a few races here. Kind of kind of determine, you know, if we're running pretty good in GLSS, we might really try to stick to it and try to try to keep that car up front. And, you know, we're running the 410 to fill. And we're just filling races. So, and uh, just keep me racing as much as possible. So the next event with the Great Lakes Super Sprints is Friday, uh, May 13th at 996 Speedway. That's a doubleheader with the All-Star Circuit of Champions, which uh, would be an opportunity. Are you thinking about pulling both cars? Uh, we will be pulling both cars. That's the plan. Of, and uh, we're going to we're gonna just no expectations again in the 410. Of course, we're going to go out and do our best to win in the 360. And that's all we do every night, though. And the 410, we're just going to, you know, we know we're racing with good guys. We're going to kind of see where we are, see what we need to work on. And, and uh, that's all our expectations are. But 360, we're going to definitely give it our all like we do every weekend. And by the way, just in case you're curious or listeners are curious, uh, Danny, you now sit eight points back on Max Stambaugh for the championship points lead in the Great Lakes Super Sprints. So there you go. <laughs> uh, perfect. I, I wasn't even sure yet, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's good to hear. At what point, you mentioned that, and this is something we talk to drivers about, at what point do you start watching? I mean, this schedule could be fluid with, with rainouts and postponements and cancellations. Uh, so, I mean, at what point do you and the crew go, okay, we're X amount of races in, are we running for this championship or not? Uh, it, it'll all depend on, you know, how good the next few races go. If we end up, you know, eighth and points by the next two races, might not look so good, but if we keep our car pretty far up front, we're definitely going to stick to it. As of now, we're running definitely 90% of GLSS races. You can expect to see us at most of them for sure. And there's just a few dates that we're still working on, and it's more up to just how we end up doing, and that's that's what we're going to see how it goes. Well, Danny, I know that uh, Shannon and Home Pro Roofing has been a big part of what you guys are doing this year, and uh, I, I know that that's primarily – uh, who it is with that group and that organization. The whiteout <laughs> came out over the off season, but I know there are individuals that help you make sure that race car is in tip-top shape and ready to go. Who is it that put you in victory lane over the weekend? Uh, it was definitely my dad, my mom, and Rocky. You know, it was just it was us four heading down there, and you know, we were really excited to just see what we could do. We were excited just to see how how good it could go. And um, on some of the other races, we have Robert. Robert comes down and helps us, and you know, he helped get the cars together over the winter. And, and, uh, there's a lot of people that go into it too many to name, but you know, all my family down home supports me and does a lot for me to be able to get up here. And, uh, 
it's just, it's pretty incredible, you know, to see all the help. And there's a lot of people that believe in me and it, it, it's really reassuring when, you know, when you got your mom and dad being there because they believe in you, not because, you know, they're pushing me. They, they believe I can do it. So that was really cool to see. Well, Danny, congratulations on uh, going back to Victory Lane with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. I was mistaken, and I'm glad you corrected me. I, in Victory Lane, said it had been a long time, uh, but you picked up the season-ending win at Merritt Speedway, so it's only been one race <laughs> since you'd been in Victory Lane. Yeah, so nice job, man. Yeah, we're, pr- we're, we're pretty happy about that. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better start to the season, and uh, we're still a little starstruck from it, but you know, we'll put our heads back down and get those cars ready for I-96. Friday, May 13th, and uh, you'll get a chance to see Danny Sams the third. He may be from Northport, Florida, but, man, he is uh, he's cruising right now up here in the Great Lakes region. Congratulations, man. We'll see you on the 13th. Awesome. Sounds good. See you guys there. Well, Rich, uh, last week, or two weeks ago, rather, we had uh, one of our new favorite segments on the show, Gary, did you know? And uh, for one reason or another, we were a little late getting to the graphic on Facebook, but it wasn't all bad, Rich. Let's go over Gary, did you know for this week? Yeah, we should we should work on getting better at that, and at that, shouldn't we? Uh, Maybe. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, to talk to talk to the complaint department. <laughs> right. All right. Let's let's get into this. This is a uh, quiz number thirteen for Gary. Did you know? Question number one: Purdy Deuce, the honker and the Flintstone Flyer were all nicknames for what type of race car? I had no clue. No clue. Um, I knew what kind one was, so I just assumed that's what the other two were. The correct answer would be Super Modified, Zach. Yeah, and what a, what a unique race car as well. I'd never heard Super Modified called any one of those things. What was the one that you were used to? The Flintstone Flyer. That's oh. the one I knew. All right, cool. All right, question number two. This late model driver was famous for always saying, let's invert them all. Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Well, this is from the old Spartan day, Zach uh, Lansing, the late Charlie Ryan Jr. All right. Love to just say, let's just invert the whole field. Let's go. <laughs> hey, I don't necessarily disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Question number three. Who holds the record for most feature wins at Jackson Motor Speedway, Zach? Now, this one is intriguing, uh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this was the big Jackson Motor Speedway, right? Not the not the little one that we know now for the, for the micro-sprint racing and that sort of stuff. Uh, Jackson had a big racetrack, so this is a cool question. Yep, and the answer is Little Richard Simmons. Yep, I would not it, have got that one. You would not have got that one. So before we, before we go into this, Zach... We have, at this point, we had three people that were all correct to this after three questions. Wow. Brad, Brad Bergevin, Marty Bloom, and our own Chris Phoebe were all correct to this point. Now, let's throw our friend Chris Phoebe out because he just bailed on the last one. <laughs> so, he right. didn't, so he didn't even have a chance. But let's see. A lot, here's this question was a play on words if you remember when gary presented this so you had to kind of read this right a lot of drivers gave this now defunct racetrack a shot the last word is where it's all at (laughs) that's that's right whiskey ridge speedway was the correct answer and brad bergevin and marty bloom are first listeners to get all four correct all right let's go way to go brad and marty 
didn't we say, didn't I say to Gary a couple of weeks ago, are you sure you didn't go too easy on this one? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> at some point you got to let the people in, right? Yeah. I, I mean, they, it was cool, but I'm glad we find, you know, it, it only took 13 quizzes to, uh, to get a couple winners. So, uh, Brad or Marty, next time you're at Flat Rock Speedway, catch me before the races. You got something coming from the souvenir stand. Nice. Nicely done. Way to go, Rich. Nice job. And nice job by Gary as well. These are fun questions and a nice little look into the history of Michigan Motorsports and the surrounding area uh, with the Gary Did You Know program. This is awesome. Only took a year (laughs) and a week, but we got one. I I love it. I'm afraid to see Gary's questions this month. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Now that we got a winner, he's going to really crack down on them. Yep, that's exactly what he's going to do because I know him. (laughs) Time to move on to our second interview tonight, and it's been a minute since we've talked to this gentleman, but it's kind of funny how things play out because I almost called him last week. And then, Rich, you know I said, we better not because if we do, he's going to win this thing, and sure enough, it happened. Let us know who we're talking to. Yeah, Zach, our next guest uh, probably didn't have the 2021 season he was hoping for after taking home the All-Star performance late model challenge series championship in 2020 in its inaugural year. So they must've went to work on the winner and got mad because he has won two races and one at I-96 on Friday night uh, for round one of the all-star performance late model challenge series makes his home in Ionia, Michigan, Travis Stemmler. Welcome to horsepower happenings. Hey guys, how you doing? Um, I'm doing great. Tell me how you're doing right out of the gate in 2022, man. You guys got that Anklam racing number four machine rolling. Yeah, things are uh, coming together really good this year so far. Um, last year, you know, we were in rocket chassis for uh, six years or, you know, five years. And, uh, you know, we kind of knew what we needed there. This uh, 2021, we were playing around a little bit with our, you know, we switched to Longhorn. And uh, so there were some things that I didn't like and some things I did like and, and now we have a little notebook, so it's making life a little easier. Let's start off a couple of weeks ago at Winston. Um, I was able to watch that race, and that car was bad fast. I don't know that you really had a whole lot of competition once you got out front. Yeah, that Winston, uh, you know, it, it was a really good track, top and bottom, and uh, I've seen – was watching videos, a lot of videos because of all the rain outs of past races and everybody kind of left the top a little open. And I was like, well, this is the only chance you got to go for it. And, uh, it ended up the top coming to life. And, uh, so right time, right place, uh, just kind of got lucky the way the race moved on. So you move on to I-96 and obviously, you know, the competition is going to be stepped up with everybody that's going to show up for, the first first event of the challenge series. Um, did you think you could go two in a row? I mean, we uh, always think we're going to go and win the race, you know, just a, a mentality thing. And uh, I knew it was going to be really tough. You know, you got the best in the state, um, you know, Dona, Brandon, Rusty, and, and Finley, and uh, Logan, um, Nickerson, and, uh, so I knew it was going to be tough competition and just to pull it off in front of the home crowd first race at 96, it was just awesome, uh, awesome way to start the year right now. I want to get your opinion too, uh, Travis on 
the late model challenge series moving forward it, it it obviously looks like an old friend that we've all uh you know played in the sandbox with before but it's just a new playground uh t- talk to me about hitting the road again for big money in the state of michigan kind of how the night played out how how it was you know organizational wise and just kind of give us a look inside of what the night looked like and and how again how it was to be traveling again for some big money uh, it actually didn't even feel like it skipped a beat. You know, we showed up to 96 and, uh, you know, first off, thanks to Mike Blackmere and all-star performance for, you know, putting something together for us to travel around again. And, and it just makes it more fun. You can go to different tracks, see different people. Um, but honestly, they really, you know, draw Pit meeting was at 6.30. It happened at 6.30. You know, we got qualifying done. As soon as, you know, the opening ceremonies happened, we knew what heats we were in. Uh, lineups were posted. They were exactly how they drawn them out in the uh, rules. And, I mean, everything never skipped a beat. It almost felt like the old ethanol series, you know. And and uh, it was it was well planned and well-prepared. And I think too, uh, you know, the reason you asked that question is it's all fun and games to do those things at your racetracks, right? The late model challenge series born between Merritt and Tri-City. Uh, now this is the first year taking that product somewhere else. Uh, there might've been a little nervousness to how that was all going to full unfold. So I'm glad to hear it went well. Yeah. You just never know. Like black mirrors or Mike is going to someone else's track, someone else's scoring, you know, someone else is paying the pit passes where, you know, at Merritt and Tri-City, it was his own staff. So if there was a problem, you know, he'd address it. You know, if there's a problem at 96 or if we go to Hartford or something, you know, it's kind of not in his control. So it was kind of cool how it all worked out. 96 runs a great program too. So to see them working together is nice. It's kind of nice. It really is nice to step away from just two tracks and be able to travel and see other fans and the fans want to see those bigger money shows but sometimes are faithful to their own tracks so you know instead of picking up and going two hours away they'd rather go to 96 so it was really cool to have a big money late mile show at 96. Yeah I know you didn't have far of a drive what 10 or 15 minutes right but how did it feel to be back at I-96 for a race that actually meant something for a tour it's been a while for you for that yeah well the the last one uh was kind of a heartbreak because we were leading and uh, i hit a tractor tire in three and four and folded the nose so that's right it was always like man it would be nice to have that one back and and to pull it off opening night and there were so many fam family friends sponsors um to get to watch us you know, race for big money with such great competition. It was, it was pretty awesome. Now we hadn't talked to you in the off season, but I think the, the, the question was kind of burning, you know, what is Travis going to do this year? Uh, we had even heard speculation that maybe Travis Stemler was not going to follow the all-star performance late model challenge tour or series rather. Um, so obviously it's, it's easy to ask the question after you've won the first race. Uh, but Travis, what do you got planned going on this year with Anklam racing? Uh, we're going to follow the whole all-star challenge series. We, uh, 
pretty much, uh, it was kind of cool. Um, Chad and Kayla said, uh, let's go on a vacation, um, in September, right after actually we flew out the next morning after battle by the bay. And it was great to go on that vacation. Um, because we talked about the season, we talked that we wanted to follow the tour again. And, uh, then he announced at the banquet that we'd be traveling and then we just kind of with work and everything it was kind of quiet you know not really talking about it and and so we plan on doing that and then running half of the schedule of tri-city of merit and then running half uh 96 and thunderbird i want i want you to talk about that too uh thunderbird raceway uh you know i i, I don't know necessarily that it's closer to you in any way but that racetrack is so unique uh now it's going to be a ump track or at least who's your tires with with mike there um talk to me about that racetrack a little bit because that's one that you don't get to see very often i'm super excited for uh just even regular nights that they're putting together with him paying 2500 to win on a regular night it's it's about an hour and 15 minutes for me which merits two hours um, so, and it's all highway, which is nice. Um, so I'm pretty excited for Thunderbird. I really like the track. It, it can be right on the tires on the bottom or way up high. Um, and to bring qualifying, to bring Hoosier, another UMP track for the state. Uh, we're all excited for their regular nights and for their all-star challenge nights. So, you, you kind of just gave away a little bit of your schedule. We know last year you left the state, made it down to, to Eldora, and, and weren't scared to go out of state and try some new things. Um, you know, we, we talked to Brandon, you know, last month, and, and they're going to try and stay maybe a little bit closer to home. Dona's going to go on the road a little bit. Um, you guys just going to stay in the state now, or, or are you guys going to see how this goes and, uh, and maybe try something a little bigger uh, if you have the opportunity? Uh, with in September, which is the World 100, um, the All Star Challenge Series goes to Thunderbird for their season championship. So we will not be going to the World, but we have talked about going to the Dirt Million and the Dream as long as the All Star schedule does not uh, conflict with that. And and was it not? Uh, I know at one time we talked to you about the potential of trying to run for points at Eldora. Was that uh, ever something that got brought up again to talk about that? Uh, we've talked about it. And, and right now with the way the economy is and, and the great money that getting put up in the state, 2,500 to win at Tri-City Merritt and Thunderbird, 2,000 to win on a regular night at uh, 96. And Winston's paying 1,500 and they got a couple 3,000 to win specials. And then the All-Star Challenge Series, um, it's kind of hard to go to Eldora on uh, Memorial or Labor Day Sunday paying five grand when, you know, there's a 10000 to win show on a Sunday two hours away from home. So with fuel prices and everything like that, um, we're going to try to stick close to home. Now, we haven't really talked about Friday night's actual race much, um, but... I, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it. Rich, unfortunately, was not able to make it. You start fourth, uh, according to the data that I see, um, and it was a, a different I-96 speedway, it looked like. Not a lot of passing for position happening throughout the field. Talk to me about that night. Talk to me about the track. 
and how tough was it to uh, gain those three spots that you needed? Yeah, the track was uh, very unique. Um, a lot of us drivers talked, and it was kind of – it had like a – it looked dusty, but it had grip in it. And uh, it kind of blackened up early, and Walt did a great job at, you know, kept going out there and watering it. And it was – and the feature, the temperature dropped, so that last um, little sprinkle of water he put on it made the top so much more dominant. And so I had to wait a lot of laps to prepare myself to make that move, um, you know, when you got 20 cars running the top eventually – just gets a little burned up but it was it was so weird because normally it's hammered down you know 100 miles an hour it feels like around there (laughs) and and we were still going fast though like the pace was crazy but it just didn't seem like that brownness that you normally see there so but the good thing was is for a racetrack that sat all winter long and first night a big show it was smooth and and you got to give hats off to 96 and that for making a smooth track that, you know, was fast and competitive. There was good passing. People moved forward and uh, fans said that it was a really great show for that. Place. Good. Good. Well, I was going to ask you too, uh, you know, your, your qualifying effort was, I'm not going to say I was like surprised, like, Oh, that was not good for Travis, but uh, you end up fourth fast in your group with a 17 three. So just, you know, looking at the times at the racetrack, you know, you were almost a second off of what group one ran. So just, you, you could, you could tell that the track was really going through some changes. Yeah. I, I was the lucky one and, went up and drew and I got the last pill in the box. So oh, I was like, Oh, man. like we'll <laughs> see how this goes tonight. And you know, last car on the track, a couple guys had some uh, mechanical uh, issues. So they qualified behind me, but I was looking and you could see the dust rolling a little more and more. And it was like, Oh man, this is not the night to dr- grab the last pill, but it all worked out. Travis, it's it's May already, and I don't think you've run a feature where it's been 50 degrees yet. Um, is it going to concern you here when it gets a little bit warmer? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy to say that we only have two features in, and it's May. You know, it's uh, I've been used to already having close to 10 or 12 features and, you know, races in by now, and um it's probably going to be like last year where it was cold and then boom, it's going to be 80, 90 degrees. That's what I'm preparing for. (laughs) Well, man, uh, congratulations. Uh, All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series win is in the books. As Rich mentioned, you're two for two. Um, It's got to get harder. You know, one of these days you're, you're not going to win a feature race. And uh, I just, I don't know if you're going to be okay. If you're going to know how to handle that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So man, what else is on, you, you know, as you talked about it, Merritt Tri-City, Late Model Challenge Series, that sort of stuff. What I was meant to say is you do a great job keeping your social media up to date if there's a rain out and you guys decide to go somewhere else. Uh, you guys are on top of that. Yeah, we always try to keep our um, fans and our sponsors involved. It's really cool to get as many messages as we do asking us where we race in this weekend. And um, our sponsors are so involved, and it's just a great place. I mean – Anklum Racing and everybody involved um, is so excited for this year. And um, so I try to keep the social media page up for them and, and give the 
fans and the sponsors, uh, what they give to us, the excitement of racing. Well, Travis, man, it's uh, always a pleasure. I know that, Rich, I'm bummed that I couldn't make it Friday night, um, but uh, nice job. Congratulations on the win, and, man, we'll look for you at uh, another event very soon. Well, thank you. And, and uh, real quick, I'd like to thank some of my great sponsors oh, of course. that put this together, if that's okay. Yeah, please um, do. I, I'd like to thank uh, Great Lakes Directional Drilling uh, for all they do and their hard work. Uh, Helm Electric, Cusack Collision, McAllister Cat Rentals, Brett Hines Tree Service, AP Smiling Contract, Burn Transmissions, Gary and Sharon Patrick, LGO, Jason and Caroline, Shirley's Chuck Wagon, Ron and Kim, Pro Power Race Engines, The Twisted Monkey, Positive Cleaning, Clyde Kenny, All-Star Performance, AccuForce, Bay Area, Octodonics, Fist Trucking, Axles Place, Prime FX, Buddha's Drinking Team, Saginaw Welding. I got to thank uh, Hunter, Timmy, Scotty, Victor, Chad for all they do in the pits for me. And, and uh, I got to thank my wife and kids. My mom and dad for all their support throughout the years. Travis, I, I have to tell you, all the hard, all the all the grief I give you when we're interviewing or doing a video interview back in the pits, you read it that time, and that was way better. Nice job. <laughs> I I have a cheat sheet this time around. No, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> you don't think we could tell that? <laughs> well, hey man, hey, uh, we 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 love to pick on you, and uh, you know, rich rich. Leave the poor guy alone. He's got a million people who support that race car. So, uh, man, <laughs> congratulations again. Always a pleasure, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Time to put a bow on this one, Rich, and we head into the first weekend of May with a full calendar of things going on. Yeah, Zach, and we're going to give a little bit of love this week to some of the tracks that are opening for the first time. Yeah, How's that's, that? a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah, we have, we have, we do have some special events that of track that open, but let's let's kick off. We do have a few on here for their opening nights, and let's start with Friday. Birch Run Speedway opening night uh, last week. Uh, Mother Nature got the best. This week it'll be Reveal the Hammer Outlaw Super Late Models, the Dixie Shootout 100 for the Reveal Hammer Outlaw Super Late Model Series, Modified Sportsman Pure Stocks, American Trucks Sport Compacts, and Figure Eights will all be in action at Birch Run. Gates open at 5 p.m. Racing kicks off at 7.30. And then I want to send some love over to Saturday Night's Way. My friend, uh, my good friend Tim Wilbur, turned in the helmet and the steering wheel and picked up a set of keys and a greater Butler Motor Speedway 70th anniversary opening night. Saturday night, gates open at 4, racing at 7.30 sharp. And remember, Butler Motor Speedway is Michigan's home to 410 Sprint Car Racing Weekly. They'll also have Dirt Car UMP Modified, Street Stocks, and Front Wheel Drives. Tim and uh, everybody with the Wilbur crew over there at Butler, good luck. It's a new day at Butler Motor Speedway, and I know a lot of folks are excited. Yeah, that's cool. I remember when we talked to him, uh, Tim was really excited about getting going. We'll see how ready he is, Zach. Uh, so let's let's go to the pavement now, or pavement and the dirt. Uh, a couple of more opening nights. Uh, where I'll be, Flat Rock Speedway opening day, not opening night. They're celebrating their 70th season as well. Outlaw Super Late Model Street Stocks figure eights will be in action. Gates, gates at Flat Rock open at 2 p.m. Afternoon racing uh, through June 4th at Flat Rock. Racing begins at 4 p.m. on Saturday at the Flat Rock Speedway. And then Thunderbird Raceway, they'll get into the action in 2022 with the Pro Late Model Challenge Series. Uh, 
$800 to win, I believe it is, for the Pro Late Model Challenge Series out of the gate. UMP Late Models, IMCA Modifieds, Factory Stocks, Cyber Stocks, Warriors, and Mini Wedges will also be in action at Thunderbird Raceway, race time at 6.30. Yeah, and I'm telling you what, if you don't have somewhere to go and uh, you're just kind of tossing them up, Thunderbird Raceway, great weekly show. That racetrack is one of my favorites in the state based on just the Circle Track product. It's a really cool place. Let's bounce back to Friday and uh, hit some racetracks, Rich, that are already in action uh, for this season. I-96 Speedway will be back at it on Friday night. Dirt car UMP late models for two grand to win. IMCA modified street stock, cyber stocks, and mini wedges. Gates at five. First green flag for qualifying at seven. And racing action with pre-race ceremonies at eight o'clock Friday night at I-96. And then Zach Kalamazoo, they'll also be back in action this week. It's the template late model Grand Slam round number one. $1,000 a win for the template late models. Outlaws will be there, street stocks and zoo stocks. Kalamazoo Speedway on on Friday, gates open at 3.30, racing kicks off at 7.30. And that is a skim of the surface of the upcoming calendar for this weekend. And, Rich, uh, it's our favorite time of year because we get to tell people it's not about where you go, who you go with. Just get your backside track side uh, because it's time to go racing again in the state of Michigan. Yeah, I've looked a little bit at the weather forecast, Zach, and it looks like, it looks like, I'm not going to try to jinx us, right? But it looks like after this weekend... Mother Nature is going to try and give us a little bit of a break. Yeah. So temperatures warming up looks like into the 70s. We will take that from where we've been. Absolutely. And so I'm thinking maybe by the second week of May, we're going to get, I think everybody in the state will be running by by next weekend, uh, the following weekend, because we get Tri-City and Merritt into the fold as well. So it'll be pretty interesting in a couple weeks here, Zach fans are going to have a lot of choices and i do i feel like i should let you know uh if by for some reason weather gets in the way of uh, wherever you'd like to go this weekend i invite you to tune in to racingamerica.tv north south super late model challenge from nashville fairground speedway plus the jeg cra all-stars tour both of those super late models and pro late models going 100 laps around nashville fairground speedway and then they'll have the music city 200 nightcap with the arkham Menards east series uh for a big program down there lot of hype coming around the uh, Super Series and, and uh, Pro Late Model side of things down there in Nashville this week. You know the beauty of that, Zach? I have a 4 o'clock start on Saturday. You'll probably be able to do both. I can get home and catch that. <laughs> That'll be awesome. I'll That's be able right. to catch everything going on in Nashville and everything at Flat Rock on opening night. Wouldn't that make, make for a great Saturday? That'd be great. And hey, I tell you what, enjoy your weekend wherever it is you do go. Catch some local short track racing, whether it is via streaming or getting your backside track side at a race near you. For Scott Medlin, who pays the bills, Rich France is my co-host. I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to Travis. Thanks to Danny. We'll talk to you same time, same place, right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.